Well, that video was interesting, wasn't it? Who would, uh, if you were just walking down um, to the gateway or through the gateway and there'd be a, a guy with a sign, free hugs, who would actually do that here? Who would go hug him? Oh, yeah, you say that because you're sitting in church. Oh, come on. All right. Now, there is something a little odd about that, isn't it? I mean, just a little for people, complete strangers, to walk up to another complete stranger and hug them, right? Now, it tells me something about us and, and our need for connecting, if we're willing to do that. There's something in us that needs connection, that needs touch. And it, I believe it's deeply rooted in us and deeply created in us through our Creator. Anyone here ever moved in their life to a completely new place? Anyone moved as a child, maybe? I think it might be even more impactful as a child. When I was 11, my parents moved us from where I had been born in Germany, in Düsseldorf. Um, actually, I was born right in the Neanderthal. You know where they found the Neanderthaler? Do you see that in my program? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's true. So we moved when I was 11 from the town I was born in. My grandparents lived there. All my uncles and aunts on both sides of my family, all my cousins. But I mean, the whole town was full of kokoshites. I know that's hard to imagine, but it was. And uh, we moved away when I was 11 to near Stuttgart in the south of Germany, about five hours away, which in Germany means that's like a world away. That's the other end of the country. And um, it, was, it was hard. It was, in fact, it was brutal to be taken away from everything you know to a place where you know nothing. We moved to a tiny little village um, where they, they spoke a different dialect that I couldn't speak or understand for a while. And, and I remember all I wanted when we arrived there, all I wanted was to connect with kids my age, to be accepted and to find a group that I could belong to. I believe that's true for all of us. We, we look for connection. We look for belonging. Later on, when I was, um, must have been 16 or so, I had to switch schools um, because I couldn't quite live up to the standards, academic standards at the school I was at. And so I went to another school where the standards weren't quite as high. And yeah, you got a dummy up here. And uh, I remember sitting down with the principal. My dad took me there the first morning, took me to the principal of this new school. And he said, no, just that you came from this school, Christian, doesn't mean you're going to sail through here and you got to work hard and I expect you to not cause any trouble and you know he laid down the law for me well again at this school all I wanted was I wanted to find a group of guys that I could belong to and be accepted by and you know how you pick those up in school right away when you're I mean if you remember being in school you know right away who the cool kids are right so I identified them first day right away and then at recess I found out they would go and leave the school premises which was against the rules and they would do that to smoke which was definitely against the rules but I wanted to be in with them, right? I wanted to connect. And so I thought it was a great strategic move for me to join them on this, on my first day at the school. So we went, we had a smoke, and we snuck back in and obviously got caught right away by, by one of the teachers. We smelled like ashtrays, so it was pretty obvious. So I found myself right back in the principal's office the same day. It wasn't a pretty sight. But you know what? I took that risk and I did a stupid thing. You know Why? Because I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to belong. And we do this, I think, throughout our lives. I see it in my children now, especially my boys. I hope they're not here. Uh, I didn't ask permission to share this. Um, guys, if you want to come, there's seats in the front. Second row, first row. There's lots of seats there in the middle. Sorry. <laughs> I have to uh, uh, be usher here real quick here. My boys, 12 and 10. You know, when we meet a new family and, and they got kids my boys' age, you know what they do? 
they act in ways they usually don't. Sometimes I think, are those my kids? Honey, those must be your kids. <laughs> because they, they do things, they make choices, they say things, they act in ways all of a sudden that are not their no- normal behavior. And they do this, why? Because they think that this might give them a better shot at being accepted and thought of as, as cool. Right, we do this. We have this need. Actually, my favorite TV show centers all around a certain character. All he wants is get accepted and be loved and, and invited to parties. You know what that show is? The Office. Anybody likes The Office like I do? Huh? Michael, uh, uh, what, yeah, Michael Scott is his name. Yeah. Michael Scott, what does he want? I mean, what does the whole, what's, what centers around, uh, what, what does his, his life center around? Not selling paper for Dunder Mifflin, Mifflin or whatever. All he wants is for his colleagues to love him and to invite him and for him to be the best boss and most loved boss ever, right? It's, it's in us. We have TV shows about it and songs about it. We want to connect. And yet we live in a society that becomes increasingly anonymous. We live in a society where we shop from home on the computer. Who, okay, Christmas just over. Who did most of their shopping online this year? Okay, it's not as many as I thought. You're probably not honest with me again. Um, but now, so now we don't just have Black Friday up at Tanger Mall in Park City. We have Black Cyber Monday on the internet. And, and we, we don't go into the bank to cash a check anymore. We drive through and we, we don't sit down with friends to have actual conversations. We make friends on Facebook and we chat and send messages and we poke each other, right? It's, and then all these, these new modern advances just lead us to be seemingly connected but less in community and less in community, and we've almost unlearned to actually connect our lives with each other. And so today we, we're going to talk about imagining together if we were all connecting. It's part of our series where we preach through the values that we of K2 have. And I just want to tell you, those values aren't just something we came up with and said, oh yeah, that would be fun to do. They're values, that means we, we think they're important because the Bible tells us they're important. And the Bible is full of, of encouragements to us as followers of Jesus to be in community, to connect our lives with each other. And I want to talk this morning about three aspects um, of that. Oftentimes, we talk about this probably every six months. I looked up, I gave a message on connecting pretty much exactly six months ago. We do this again frequently because it's important to us. And often when I talk to people about doing life together, I get these blank look. That's a blank look. What are you talking about? Like doing life together because we've, we've almost unlearned to actually do life together. We don't know anymore what it means to truly connecting our lives with other people and living in community. And so we'll talk about it from a biblical perspective. Why is it emphasized so much? What does it mean for you and what does it mean for me? And then I want us to imagine together. Imagine what it would actually look like if we were to live that out, if we were really to pursue connecting our lives with each other. What would that do to your life, to my life, and what would it do to this community that we call K2, the church? So before we do that and dive in, let me pray with us. Lord, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the privilege and honor to be here. Thank you for your word and that it speaks into our lives today, which is a miracle in itself. And I thank you for everyone here. I I believe, Lord, that nobody's here by accident, um, but that you have something for everybody here this morning. And I pray that that, uh, 
we would actually connect with you today and that we would give you the opportunity to speak into our hearts. So I just pray, um, Lord, that you would do that, that you would speak through me this morning into our hearts and that you would show us why connecting our lives with each other is so important. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to talk to you about three aspects of connecting our lives together in community. And the first one is that connecting our lives together is a challenge, which is weird to me because I've just spent about 10 minutes talking about how important connecting is and the weird things we do to connect with each other that we all have that need. And yet it is so hard to do. It's a challenge, right? In fact, if you go through the crash course, which is our membership course, our membership is called the crash, hence the crash course. I think that's very clever. I don't know about you, but we go through the values and the way we word this value is we value the challenge of connecting our lives together in truth and grace. We value the challenge of connecting our lives together. Why is it such a challenge to do that? Why is it such a challenge to live in community with each other biblically? I think one of the reasons is that it is a challenge is because I'm involved and you're involved. And that always makes things messy, doesn't it? Because I know about you, but I know I'm selfish deep inside. I, I have a very selfish streak, and I think all of us have that. And when we try to connect our lives together, you have two or more people who are inherently selfish connecting their lives together, when inherently then that community will rub up against that selfishness and challenge that selfishness, because community and doing life together always is about the other person always is about sacrificing and loving and serving it can't just be about me so that makes it very challenging that's why by the way if we have organized community anybody ever been to like a summer camp when you were younger were there rules at that summer camp about certain behavior and how to do things you know why they were there because they know we're selfish and we have to put things in place to keep us from making selfish choices that affect other people negatively. That actually happens in, fa happens in families too. I know about your family. My family has lots of rules. Your family has rules for how to live together? No? Whoa, guys, I can barely come home any night of the week, sit down for dinner without my wife telling me, oh honey, we got another rule. You guys don't do that? You don't have rules for your kids and how to live together? We have them all the time. And I'm, I, I'm the one that has a hard time implementing them. But you know why my wife makes new rules every day? She does that because kids make selfish choices. Well, adults do too. We make selfish choices that affect our living, our connecting with each other. And we have to put things in place to keep that from happening, don't we? Jesus did that for you and for me. He gave us guidelines for how we are to connect with each other. And one of them we find in John 13, 34. And this is, this is another huge challenge, I think, that he poses here to the disciples in that context, but through them also to us. This is in the context of Jesus' last time with his 12 disciples, his last evening with them, his last meal with them. It's almost like when I come home for the meal and my wife says, hey, I got a new rule. The disciples are sitting down at the table with Jesus here and Jesus says, oh, guys, Got a new rule for you. Listen up. This is what he said to them in John 13, 34. He said, guys, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Let me read that again. A new command I give you, love one another. Sounds weird to command someone to love, doesn't it? Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So Jesus 
the Son of God, who lived a perfect life, tells his disciples, for you to connect your lives together in community that, that the way I want it to be, the way it's designed to be, you need to love each other the way I loved you. Talk about a challenge. This is the Son of God saying, if you want to really live in community with each other, you need to love each other as I did. That means I left heaven. I left the most glorious place to get into this mess for you. I gave up everything. I loved you by leading a life that was all about you, all about serving you, all about your needs. And you're supposed to love each other the way I loved you, by giving my life for you completely so that you can live. That's the challenge that Jesus gives them. He says, this is what community among you looks like. Community among people who are committed to following me. You love each other the way I loved you. That's a challenge. Actually, it's a challenge that you and I can't meet. It's a challenge that you and I can't live up to. It's a standard that's impossible to attain without him. It's impossible to do unless we allow him into our lives and do that in and through us. And notice that this is a command. He doesn't say, hey, you know, hang out and, and, with and, and love those who, who are like you, who, who uh, believe like you, who look like you, who vote like you, you know, and, and do it when you feel like it, when it's convenient. That's not what he says. He says, no, I'm giving you a command. I'm telling you, you need to do that. And you need to love each other. And you need to do it in the way that I loved you. See, Jesus is talking to them about making a decision and making a commitment to how they are going to live with each other, to how they are going to connect their lives with each other, and that they're going to have to do it self-sacrificially and giving of self and seeking the good of the other. That's the challenge he's giving them. And the challenge he's giving you and me is that maybe part of the reason that we're shying away from that, that, we're, that we hesitate to really step into this community called K to the Church because we know that the challenge is great and we can't, <clears throat> excuse me, we can't do it on our own. But can you imagine the kind of community that we could be if you and if I truly were to seek to live this connecting with each other by loving each other the way Jesus loved us? Can you imagine being in community with other people where you don't have to be so concerned about your own needs because everyone else is? Can you imagine what that could look like? Can you imagine how your life could be transformed and how this church could be transformed and through this church, this community? I think connecting is also a challenge because we have experiences with connecting with others. There's, there's wounds that maybe you have carried away from, from having put yourself out there, from having made yourself vulnerable in community with others, where you put down that mask and where you allowed yourself to be yourself and it was abused and taken advantage of and you've been disappointed and you've been hurt. And so the challenge for you is, man, I don't know if, if I can allow that again. I, I don't know if I can be that vulnerable again. Or maybe, maybe you have failed in community. Maybe you have disappointed somebody else and you're, you don't know if, if you can do that, if you want to try that again. I just want to encourage you, if, if you have those kind of wounds and, and those kind of fears, I am deeply convinced and convicted that only true community 
an authentic, intimate community can heal those wounds. First of all, authentic, intimate community between you and God. But then through that also, intimate and authentic community with other f- followers of Jesus who will allow you to be authentic, will be, allow you to be yourself, and you will allow them to be themselves. Connecting our lives with each other is a challenge. But can you imagine, again, if we were all committed to actually pursuing that? This call to, to community, to loving community, is really closely related to the next essential aspect that I want to talk about. And it's, it's also found in this John 13, 34 passage. Let me read it again. Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So not just is it a challenge. It's not always easy. It can be difficult. But it is our responsibility. Again, Jesus gave a command. He says, you've got to do this. It's not just an option for your consideration. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you must engage in connecting with other followers of Jesus. You must engage in community It's your responsibility. In Hebrews 10.25, the author says to the church that he's addressing, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And you know what? I want to say the same thing to you this morning. And I really think God wants to say the same thing to you. Let us not stop connecting our lives with each other, even though some of us are in the habit of not doing that anymore. Let's not stop connecting our lives. Let's not stop doing life together. Let's not stop being in community together. Because we need each other. Let's encourage one another. See, loving each other and and connecting our lives with each other is a responsibility. It's a a commitment we're making more than than a feeling. Something we feel like doing or don't feel like doing. And we do it, it's a commitment to doing life together even when it's hard and inconvenient. And let me just tell you, it will be hard and inconvenient. It will be. I tell you, I have a, a life together group. We meet every Sunday night. And, uh, and I love everyone in that group. Actually, we're, we're so full right now, we, we're, we, we probably need to multiply it soon into two groups. But we just love being together so much. But every Sunday... When they come, they usually we meet at five for potluck, and then we, we have our time when they just pick apart my message from Sunday morning and stuff. So every Sunday afternoon at four, I wake up from my slumber and nap time, especially after a Sunday morning when I speak three times. And, and then I wake up, and I'm somewhere between sleep and consciousness, and I see the clock, and I oh, they're coming in an hour. We got to clean up. I got to engage, I have to talk. Uh, and then, but then you get yourself up, you clean up, you get food ready, and they come, they show up, and we engage, and we catch up on each other's week, and, and the things we've prayed about, and the things that were going on last week, and there's new stuff that happened, and we eat together, we, we love on each other, we sit down, we discuss the message, and they're not as, as, as negative about my message as I thought they would be, and we just, we have good community, and in the end, we just hang out. Eventually, I kick him out, truly, but... But you know what? Once, once that door is finally shut then, I can tell you, even though at 4 o'clock there's always that struggle, oh, how's it going to be? I just want to be alone. Once, once we had our group, not once, 
seriously, not once have I stood there at the end of the evening and thought, well, I could have watched football during that time. Oh, no, that uh, was a waste of time. I could have done that. Never, because it's always just a great time of connecting, of, of loving on each other, of being loved on and connecting. It's such a blessing. But you know what? It is because we've made a commitment to doing it even when we don't feel like it. It's a commitment. It's a responsibility that we have. It's not just something that God thinks, hey, this be good for you. You might want to consider trying this. He says, no, be in community. Don't give up meeting together. Love each other the way I loved you. Do life together. It's something God wants from you, but more than that, he expects of you as followers of him. In Acts chapter 2, we don't have this one on the, on the, um, on the screen. The, the early church is described and how they, how they lived together, what they did, what their community looks like. And it actually says they were devoted to fellowshipping with each other and to looking at God's word together and, and studying it and, and worshipping together. So there was spiritual aspects, but there was also this, they were devoted to just being with each other. So much so that we actually read they met together daily. There was a devotion. Devotion, literally, the definition of devotion is a deep, unwavering commitment. It was a deep commitment they had to being in each other's lives, to sharing their joys and their, and their sorrows together and doing life together, connecting and loving on each other. And I just want you to ask yourself, in your heart, are you devoted? Are you deeply, unwaveringly, I think I made that word up, committed to being connected with other people here in this community. Do you have that commitment? Do others have that commitment towards you? Just check your own heart in that because it is what God is asking of you if you are a follower of him. You know, often... When I, when I meet with people individually, talk about stuff, because I'm responsible for our life together ministry, I, it's just, it's, I love community, I'm very relational. I always, in the conversation, sometimes say, hey, are you connected? Are you in a life together group? Or are you at least on a serving team where you connect with other people? Are you, are you in community here? And when people aren't, usually I hear, ah, I, I really want to, but I just don't have time. And I just got to be honest with you. And I tell them that right then and there. Sorry, man, but I just don't buy that. Because if you really want to... Actually, it comes down to something else than wanting it, really. The question is, do you believe that this is what God wants from you? Do you really believe community is as important as God says it is? Because if you believe that and you want that, then you're going to do that. (laughs) Does that make sense? If you believe, if you're a follower of Jesus and you believe God wants you to be in community with others and you want to do that, then it will become a priority that will happen. If it isn't, then it's just not a priority. And then a lot of us, you know, some of us are committed or are in a group. And when I talk to my Life Together group leaders, you know what their biggest challenge is as a leader of a, of a small group? is consistency, commitment. People come and they don't come. Then they come and then they don't come. And, and I just want to challenge you because I go and challenge myself. Like I told you earlier, I go through that struggle every Sunday. Oh, 
we're going to do this, are we going to go, do I really want this tonight? And you know why I, I, I struggle with that? Because at that point, my thought process is, ah, what is this going to ask of me? I'm going to have to lead, I'm going to have to engage again. And, and it's about, man, what is this going to do to me? What is going to be asked of me? And I want to challenge myself and you in the process to approach, approach community from a different standpoint. Not what is, this going to, what, what is this going to do for me, but what can I do for it? What, what does this group need from me today? What can I contribute today? And I guarantee you, by doing that, by you being willing to give and contribute to others, you inevitably will receive from them. Because it's a spiritual principle. As we give our lives away, we will receive. We will receive from others and from God. But our connecting with each other as followers of Jesus is not just about us being in community with each other. It's not just about us getting to know each other and and getting comfortable with each other and, and challenging each other and encouraging each other. There's another aspect of our community um, with each other, and that is being on mission together, being on the mission together that God has called us as a church to be on. And that goes beyond just us fellowshipping and knowing each other well. I want to read a verse from Ephesians 4.16 to you. It says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So often in the New Testament, we as a church are called the body, the body of Christ. We represent Jesus to the world. All right? And so each one of us, each one of you has been gifted specifically and uniquely. You've been given a gift to, to be put to practice within this community. There's something that you specifically have to contribute in this community. We can only be the complete body if you find that place that God has called you to plug into. So he says some, some are a supporting ligament. Uh, there's other passages where we're compared to different bodies, parts of the body. So somebody might be a ligament, something that's not seen, it supports, it helps move certain things. You know, then there's, there's somebody else who, who has the gift of, of just seeing things, see, seeing things that need to be done. Maybe they're the eye. This morning, I'm talking a lot, aren't I? I'm the mouth this morning. That's the role that God has, has asked me to play this morning in this body all right but here's the deal do you, do you know the, the potato head toy you know that the, the one where you stick an eye in and an ear and a mouth and, and all that see when when my kids had this or when i've seen it at other people's house oftentimes there's the potato it's nothing but a potato and then there's an eye and lips and ear and it, it's all over the place and that's often how we look as a church because we have all those gifts but if they're not connected with others, those gifts can't effectively be, be uh, exercised. If you're a ligament, but you're not connected to a bone, you can't move anything. You're not fulfilling your purpose. So there's two things that are important about that. We need to connect so that we can fulfill and use the gift that God has given us for the good of the body. But also, other people can function properly because we all depend on each other. By you not plugging in, it's not just that you can't be as effective as you can be. The rest of us can't either in this community. Does that make sense? So our connecting with each other is essential in us accomplishing and pursuing the, the mission that God has told us to pursue. 
we need to connect our lives together for community with each other, but also so that we can be on mission together and be as effective as God wants us to be. I want to go back to this John 13, 34 passage, because Jesus here doesn't just tell us and give us a command and tells us to do something. He also tells us why we need to do that. It says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Why? Because by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So he says, you need to be in loving community with each other. You need to connect your lives with each other. Why? Because by the way that you and I live community, by the way you and I connect with each other, people from the outside looking in will see the reality of Jesus in our community. By seeing how we love on on one another, how we care for each other, how we carry each other's burdens, people will see, man, if they can love each other like that, that's not normal. If they can love each other like that, then what Jesus said and who he was must be real because it's his love that's, that's being expressed as we connect with each other. You see, our community with each other, yes, it's essential for you and for me and for our spiritual growth. It's essential that we connect our lives together. But it's also essential for people who don't know Jesus yet to see our community with each other. And this is, by the way, where I think the church in general has heaped so much guilt on itself over, over the history because we haven't loved each other. We can't get along. And people look at us, well, if they can't make this work, then this obviously can't be real. See, that's why Jesus says it's so important that we do connect our lives with each other, that we live in loving community with each other for each other, and so that others can see the reality of his life in us. That takes us to the last point, that connecting is not just a challenge. It is. It's not just a responsibility. I don't want to leave you just with those. I don't want you going home today thinking you've been hit over the head with a really heavy Bible. But connecting is also a tremendous blessing. It's a blessing for you and for me and for others. First of all, true community is a blessing because it is healing. It is healing. Most of our wounds are inflicted because of community lived out in bad ways. Because we're taken advantage of and made fun of. But I'm telling you, true community, if we can come together and allow each other the freedom to be authentic, to be real, to really be the person that God made you to be, and, and offer each other unconditional commitment to love and community, this will be an experience that will be more healing than most other things that you've ever experienced. First of all, true community with God is, is healing and community then with each other has an incredibly healing effect on our souls connecting our lives with each other is a blessing because we can start carrying each other's burdens we can start celebrating each other's victories and, and joys with each other we can mourn and cry together we can support each other and help each other we can serve God together we can pray for each other but we can only do those things with and for each other if we want if we know each other I can't celebrate your victories with you if I don't know you. I can't mourn with you if I don't know what's going on in your life. I can't pray for you if I don't know what to pray for. And it can only happen if we have allowed each other into each other's lives and made each other vulnerable and, and, and are authentic with each other. 
But I tell you, I, I have people in my life that I have true community with. I have my wife. Of course, I have, I have a few other really good friends. And when, I, when something great happens in my life, man, my first impulse is, where's my phone? I want to call my wife. I want to call my friend. I want to, I want to share that with him. And, and in the same way, something, something sad happens. My grandpa passed away. And I just, I just want to share that with someone. I just want to get that off my chest. I want somebody that will carry that with me, who will mourn with me and, and, and encourage me. But again, that can only happen. You can only experience that on the receiving and on the giving end. If you've made yourself vulnerable, if you've taken initiative to connect your life with someone else. I want to ask somebody to come up here real quick, uh, Janet Sinclair. And I would like for her to share a little bit of her journey from not being in community at K2 to being in community. And I'm, I hope and think that this will, um, oh, sorry, that, uh, that a lot of you will be able to identify with Janet's experience and hopefully uh, be encouraged um, by it to, to take some action. Janet, um, tell me quickly, you've been here for a while. There was quite a while that you were attending here, but weren't really connected. Can you tell us about that a little bit? What, what kept you from uh, connecting with others here? Um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your journey in that. Okay. Oh, by the way, give her a hand, would you? Come on. <laughs> there you go. Well, I started attending at K2 uh, with my daughter, and uh, we actually came here for three years, and I still didn't know a soul. Hmm. Why is that? How can you be here? I mean, there's, there's like 400 people in here right now, and this is a third service. Three years and not knowing anyone. How is that possible? It's, it's amazing. I, I'm not a, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the wallflower. I'm, a, I'm shy. I'm not um, bubbly and out there meeting people. Um, so I have some issues with that. It's, it's hard for me to communicate with people. Um, but I think I just, uh, I, was, I was afraid to step in with both feet. <laughs> so I just ducked in and ducked out. It's the kind of fears that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Fears of, of really stepping in, making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. What, what changed that? And, and what did you do? Um, what steps did you take and why? Well, um, this comes up frequently in church, in the teachings. And every single time I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> we, si we sing that song, um, I'm ready now, I'm ready now, do what you will, I'm ready now. And every time we sing that song, I'd say, okay, this is it. I'm going to do it. Um, but then, you know, Sunday's over, and I'm back in my busy life. And I guess my daughter really encouraged me uh, because she got connected in Fusion, well, in Vertical and then in Fusion. And she had all these relationships. She'd come to church, and she was giving everybody hugs. And I was just like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> so she encouraged me. Um, and I started with small steps for me, which was just to volunteer to serve, to make coffee and to hold the babies in the nursery. And I did that for about six months, and I felt like I finally knew some people. The people you served with. The people mm -hmm. that I served with, that we would check in with each other and talk to each other. And so that was, a, that was good mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. But then you took another step 
further yes. from that. About a year what ago, um, you announced the Continue the Conversations group. Yeah. Let me explain those quickly. Our Continue the Conversation groups are, are uh, part of our Life Together program or ministry where we meet in groups uh, in homes throughout the valley and we continue the conversation from Sunday morning. Um, so we, we go deeper into the messages that were given and discuss those uh, in our small groups. Those are the Continue the Conversation groups. And you joined one of those. I joined one of those. Um, it was uh, finally time to take the step to join, and it's been a huge blessing for us. Um, my husband encouraged us uh, to go, and it's this, it's just like you say. There are Sundays you're like, oh, no, I don't want to go. And at the end of it, you're always like, oh, it was great. <laughs> it was so great. Um, so um, just expect that. Just, you know, it's to be expected. So how has that experience of, of stepping into community first through serving and then the, the Life Together group, how has it changed your, your walk with Jesus? How has it impacted your experience of, of church here at K2? Well, um, coming to church is now a completely different experience for me. It's, it's, um, it's kind of like a party, you know? You, you see all these people that you know and get to catch up with each other. And so that it's just so much more welcoming yeah. to me because I know people. Yeah, yeah. But on a personal level, um, surrounding myself with people that have been walking this walk for a while and have um, more experiences, different experiences, more challenges, just hearing them share has had a huge impact on me personally. And, you know, I've, we've had some tough times, um, you know, um, with my daughter um, lately. And just having that community to pray with me, and I know that they're praying for her. And when she's, you know, she's not there, and throughout the week, and they're checking on us, and um, and I can't wait to celebrate with them. Awesome. <laughs> the good news. Awesome. Thank you so much, Janet. Would you give her a hand again? Thank you. The blessings of of stepping into community. One of the big blessings for me with them stepping into community because they joined our group and they brought a whole platter of shrimp every Sunday. That was awesome. <laughs> so connecting our lives with each other is a blessing to you. And I know that Janet is a tr tremendous blessing to the group. As I talked with others in her group, actually when I, I talked to her group leader, I said, hey, who, who could I talk to? Who could I ask to share? And he said, Janet. Janet, she'll share. And, and just the blessing that her and Steve have been to our group and, and to their current group. And then now seeing that they are now encouraged and motivated to invite others into that community because they're experiencing it now. And they want others, they want you to experience the same. We as a church, K2 the church, needs you to take that step. We need you to take the step and connect with others. We need your authenticity. We need your gifts. We need your love. We need your spiritual input so that K2 can be all that God wants it to be. And if you don't do that, not just will you miss out, but we will miss out on the blessings that God wants to bring through you. I want to ask the band to come up and just close with, with this challenge.
And I don't know how long you've been here. I don't know where you are in, in your community here at K2. If you are connected on a serving team or in a, in a Life Together group or, or not. I don't know if you are one of those people who, like Janet, used to be fearful of, of being vulnerable again and stepping into that community again, taking that chance. I just want to encourage you to face that challenge. To face that challenge because, first of all, you won't be on your own. God is with you. He will guide you. And it's worth facing that challenge. It's worth because you have an important role to play. You have a unique contribution to make in this church. And we're missing out if you're not. And there will be blessings. There will be blessings waiting for you. There will be blessings for those who will connect with you. There will be blessings for this whole church. And there will be blessings for those who get the chance to, to observe your community. Your community with Jesus and with others. And um, I, just, I just want you to imagine with me what this could look like. If all of us commit to pursuing connecting with each other commit to pursuing community with each other where we love on each other the way Jesus loved on us where we give of self sacrificially can you imagine what this can be and I just want to encourage you there is a table outside in the lobby for life together there's, there's lists of the groups that are available you can go on our website and look there uh, for groups in your neighborhood or on a night of the week that works for you if you're a man here to, this morning we have this men retreat coming up in, in January a great way for you to connect with other men here at K2 I just, just like Janet said you know, we sing the song we're ready, we're ready and then we go home and we forget about it don't do it Take that step today. Take the first step of, of looking for a group and take a step of connecting with somebody and contacting a leader. And, and I can't wait to see what this community can become if we all pursue that.